The judiciary doesn't drive what we do, the community drives what it expects the judiciary to do in order to be responsive. Hi, I'm Rob Wolf, Director of Communications at the Center for Court Innovation. Today I have a chance to talk with Judge James Cawthon and Judge Carolyn Minder of the Ada County Domestic Violence Court in Boise, Idaho. It's nice to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are both here at the Center for Court Innovations offices in New York because your court was one of three domestic violence courts in the U.S. selected by the Department of Justice's Office on Violence Against Women as a mentor court. So I thought maybe we could start with the mentor court program, Judge Cawthon. What's the idea behind the program? The main idea here is we've had a lot of experience over the years with domestic violence courts across the nation being successful at promoting offender accountability, bringing about behavioral change in offenders, strengthening families, strengthening communities. And as these courts continue to grow, the idea is that the mentor sites can provide training for domestic violence courts, provide trainings to jurisdictions and communities who are interested in wanting to set up domestic violence courts. And it's intriguing to me that we were selected because we started differently than how other courts have begun. I was a Peace Corps volunteer in the 70s. And so my background is from community organization and working things up. And so we started with a prosecuting attorney who was deeply committed to the notion and myself and one other judge now that's moved on talking about what we need to do differently but we need it to be a community response to a very significant community issue and having the judiciary be responsive to what the community is saying this is what we need and so the judiciary doesn't drive what we do the community drives what it expects the judiciary to do in order to be responsive so that's why our court is different. What role is the community play? How, how have you gotten the community to play that role? They sit at the table and they're real stakeholders. They are heard, they bring their ideas to the table, they tell us what doesn't work, what is working, they identify the gaps for us and they're free to tell us what they believe that we need to do in order to be more responsive. And concomitantly with that, we've had leaders who are being pushed from their officers in the field to treat domestic violence differently instead of the leadership saying, no, we can't make these kinds of changes, we're not interested in changing how our administrative practices, but they're being compelled to address community needs that are burbling up from victim advocates, from law enforcement, from the family justice systems. Why don't you tell me then how a domestic violence court works? The model has a number of different pieces all engineered to answer certain problems from the way business had been done. One is it promotes the rapid disposition of cases. In other words, the goal is is that within 45 to 60 days from the date of arrest, that case is disposed of in some fashion, pled guilty, found guilty, found not guilty at trial. And the notion here is, one, it's always better to get an offender into treatment, into counseling, sooner rather than later. That's obvious. But the other thing is, with the use of no contact orders and things of that nature, you really put a family at turmoil when they're having to be separated for prolonged periods of time, months and months and months. You put the victims at risk, 
your children suffer from that. And so that quick disposition of the cases addresses those two things. The second thing is we have participants from the judges, prosecutors, defense attorneys, probation officers, treatment providers, evaluators who are all specialized in the area of domestic violence because it's a complex issue that has a number of different facets, comes in many different forms, and so that specialized knowledge, that specialized dedication promotes a much better disposition of a case. And the final thing is the notion of having a court that is focused on dealing with this family that has found itself into the criminal process. And so our court would deal not just with the criminal case, but a custody case, a divorce case. Uh, in the case of Judge Mender's expertise, if there's a child protection issue, a neglect or abuse case. So one judge, one family, a rapid disposition of the case to promote the accountability and treatment and change of the offender and to try and promote the stability of the family. And we do really active, intense judicial monitoring. We bring these people back and we get these reports to see where people are in the process of are they engaged or not. And if they're not, you're giving them prompts or sanctions or feedback of some kind? Correct. And it's, it's the place as well where the victim is finding out how is the defendant doing? Is the defendant holding himself or herself accountable? Is the defendant doing everything that they're supposed to be doing in, in order to help our family heal from this? And so it's a really nice venue whereby the victim is hearing from all of the people involved who on some level are more objective than the information coming from the defendant himself or herself. We have as many number of female defendants in our court as we do male offenders. Wow. The, the whole point being that the community is helping the victim understand what they're doing on probation, how successful are they being, and then our response to that is immediate accountability, which would include going into jail because when we sentence, we maintain the right to impose discretionary jail time for non-compliance with probation terms. Probation for you is reflected in the active partnership between the, the bench and the probation. Very active partnership. They and the prosecuting attorney's offices are in really good contact with one another, but we don't do anything ex parte. All of our information comes on the record. Probation, they run accountability groups, they report immediately when there's new police reports as to their defendants. And so we will see someone typically within 30 days of sentence. If they're marginal, we may see them a week later because Judge Coffin and I share the docket and if somebody's off track, we'll put them on the calendar for the next week expecting that somebody's going to go to those accountability groups, do what they need to do. So probation is absolutely critical to our ability to assess accountability and safety of the victim. You both preside over this docket. How does that work actually? When Judge Mender created the court, we didn't have the resources to create the court. And so Judge Mender and another judge, uh, our administrative district judge, now Judge Hansen, decided that they could carve one court out of two judges' dockets. The way it works is this. One week, Judge Mender is doing domestic violence court, and I'm doing my regular criminal court docket. The following week, I do domestic violence court, and she's doing her child protection docket. and. Certain cases are assigned to me, certain cases are assigned to Judge Minder, 
we obviously work together as exigencies present themselves of hearing cases on each other's docket to make sure we're on top of things and that cases are being processed quickly. I'm curious, are your temperaments such that from the perspective of a victim or an offender who comes into the court, they expect uh, an equivalent experience? Yes, and I, and I think the reason for that is not necessarily that we're exactly like in terms of our temperament, but we have enough people at our table and we have enough team meetings and we are all educated on the same points that we share a common philosophy and we share common goals and we consistently look at what those goals and objectives are and we can agree with them and so we're, we have the ability to treat everyone not the same because facts are so unique but no, the, no one would be suffering as a consequence in coming in front of a female judge more so than coming in front of Judge Cawthon if you're a male defendant. And I wonder, do you think you bring to it because of your genders perhaps different perspectives or enhanced perspectives because you can work together and sort of share your, your perspectives? Sure. I think where that manifests itself is when we're having team meetings instead of it being just my input and my ideas, we're bouncing things off of each other. I, you know, we're working together, talking through issues, and it really helps to come to the right resolution about the way to proceed on things. That and we do share the probation violation docket. One of us takes the probation violation docket once a month, and so the month of December, I believe it'll be my probation docket, but I'll hear all of the PDs that involve the cases that Judge Coffin has either tried or disposition and is currently reviewing. And so we have a system in place where we take extraordinarily good notes relative to a defendant's progress. We take notes relative to how the victim's comments, what their concerns are. So by the time I open a file on a PV, I can go through Judge Coffin's notes and he can do the same for mine, and we're really up to date. Since you as, as a mentor court are gonna be guiding newer courts in developing strategies for dealing with domestic violence cases in a more effective way, I wonder what advice you'd, you'd give them. I think it just takes real perseverance and real dedication and patience and talking to people and figuring out what do I have here in my community and what are my resources and what can I change. Even small changes can make a huge difference. If a judge just decided I'm going to judicially monitor domestic violence cases, that would make a significant change. If a court or a probation department or a prosecutor's office wanted to get together and decide we want to look at the evaluation tools we're using. We want to do a better job of diagnosing and case planning what offenders need. You would make a significant difference. I agree with you and I think that it has to be a personal philosophy on the part of a judge in the course of their day-to-day -day jobs to say what can I do differently without engaging undue resources, without rocking the boat, or without really asking for the institution to make changes to accommodate me. What can I do within the context of the caseload that I currently have to make life better for the individuals that my life is touching? Thank you, Judge Carolyn Minder and Judge James Cawthon for taking the time uh, to talk with me today. My pleasure. You're welcome. I've been speaking with Judges James Cawthon and Carolyn Minder of the Ada County Domestic Violence Court in Boise, Idaho. They are one of the three domestic violence courts in the country that was selected by the Department of Justice's Office on Violence Against Women as mentor courts to help other courts learn about how to develop and make the best 
domestic violence court that they can. I'm Rob Wolf, Director of Communications at the Center for Court Innovation. To find out more about the Mentor Court Program or to listen to other New Thinking podcasts, please visit our website at www.courtinnovation.org. Thanks for listening.